0: John, football is on fire from Deion Sanders in college
1: to the NFL. Andrew, they're both off to a swift start. Kelsey finds a blank space for the score.
0: And we're back. The Marshan Oran Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. And thanks for joining us as always. If you like us, you follow us, give us a review um, while you're listening, that's helpful. John, let's just get
1: started. Who's up and who's down? All right, Andrew, who's up? Can we talk about sports media today without mentioning Deion Sanders? I mean, I just want to talk about Colorado's game last week against Colorado State. It started near 10.30 p.m., on the East Coast. ESPN's College Game Day was there. So was Fox's big noon kickoff. Colorado's coach Deion Sanders was on 60 Minutes uh, the the next day. So it's surprising enough that such a late game was the most watched college football game of the day. But check out these stats. This blows me away. At 2.15 a.m. on the East Coast, 2.15 in the morning, the game still had 8.2 8.2 million viewers watching it. That audience is so big; it's still one million viewers bigger than the peak audience of any other college football game that week. That audience at 2:15 in the morning it beat every single non-sports primetime show last week, except for one, 60 Minutes, which also had uh, which had Dion Sanders on it. This storyline. This team, that coach, it is catnip for sports media. All right. My who's up, Bob Iger, CEO of Disney,
0: Wiley, Robert Iger. You counted <laughs> him out. He was a who's down last week. Uh, cable war, Spectrum, ESPN's dying. He's saying things on CNBC about selling ABC. Didn't seem great. And you do a deal with Spectrum. Week later? Uh, the writers strike. They're getting on him. Hey, you know what? Let's just put 15 games on ABC. We'll put four exclusives. We'll simulcast the others. Um, have three exclusive games on ESPN. And basically thumb your nose at the cable. All the other people you have business with uh, had that in their back pocket. He and Bob Iger. Um, look, this is big business. This is how the game is played. I, you know, uh, Iger is known, uh, I think, as a congenial guy. But when you're in that position, you have to be a killer. Um, and this was a killer move. Uh, I know it has to do with the writer strike a year from now. You know, maybe it changes and they don't have the ABC games. But, but having that in your back pocket and, you know, keeping it there until you do the Spectrum deal and then taking it out. Killer move by Iger. He's my who's up. Andrew, where did
1: Iger go to college?
0: Yep. Ithaca College. Really? Number two, yeah. Number two all time uh, in the Ithaca College. Uh, rankings in terms of alums number one is gorilla monsoon gorilla monsoon
1: i cannot take it anymore right, who you got yeah, who's p- possibly the best commentator that, that we've talked about on on this pod
0: <laughs> no doubt about it <laughs>
1: right. who's All down right. who you got john who's down i'm going with brad zager of fox sports brad it's it's an honor to be who's down it shows that you have street cred but i i, I am stealing your uh, opinion on remote production here FS1 decided to save money on Friday night and have Eric Collins and Devin Gardner call the Virginia Maryland game from a studio. I was at the game, big win by the Terps. If, uh, if I can point out 42 to 14, they crushed them. Uh, so anyway, I was luckily enough. I didn't have to suffer through this game, but awful announcing did a good job of documenting it. And they have some clips that, that really are just cringeworthy. The announcer's, we're not aware of who Virginia's starting quarterback would be. Apparently, they weren't sure of who was kicking field goals and extra points for the Terps. And then there was this a phantom penalty. And a flag comes in late. Oh my goodness. It's going to give a first down gift to Virginia. Oh my goodness. The ball is moved all the way out to the 35-yard line. I mean, it has to be a personal foul type of penalty with a celebration or something of that sort for that much yards to be given up. Amazingly, Andrew, viewers still don't know what happened on that play. I can't figure out why they didn't have the announcers at this game. It was a Big Ten team versus an ACC team. This wasn't a Division Three game. They had nearly 800,000 viewers tuning into this on a Friday night. We expect better. Fox should expect better. I agree with that one. All right, my who's down,
0: the New York Sports Radio Wars uh, had a story this week. Uh, ESPN New York, uh, the f- station uh, that carries ESPN's programming and has local programming also in New York, especially featuring the Michael K. show in the afternoons. It will relinquish its lease uh, with 98.7 FM, which is owned by Jeff Smolian and MS Broadcasting, meaning a year from now when this goes into effect, you will not be able to find ESPN New York on FM radio. They still have their old stick on AM 1050 AM. Since I've been back doing this, it's nearly been six years. One of the big stories has been the radio ratings war between WFAN and when Mike Francesa was there and K specifically, and then overall between the two stations. This is changing. And when you look at good karma brands led by Craig Karmazin, what they're doing is looking at where media is going and distribution has changed. Um, consumption has changed. And uh, the big number that you have to know is that they're paying 12.5 million dollars to lease this um, stick so they could be on the 98.7 FM signal. Uh, That was more than a decade long deal uh, that is just expiring. MS is trying to sell it. I was told for around 50 million. Someone told me they thought they'd get around 40 million for it. Uh, Good karma is not interested in that. So they're going to focus on having, you know, their apps. They've done a nice job with ESPN New York app. They got away from that terrible, uh, trying to find it on ESPN's app, full app, you know, and they probably should have just all their programming somehow on an ESPN, uh, app. Um, that's just radio. So you can find all their audio, but ESPN New York, the app is good. Uh, they're on yes. They're going to try to get more video channels with YouTube, um, So how they look at it, um, they're going to be able to maybe make more money. But in terms of the war, the Francesa versus K, Carton involved, DiPietro and Rothenberg, Boomer and Geo, that is kind of coming to an end, I think, a year from now, unless something changes. And the other thing to watch is, you know, do the Jets stay with their agreement with ESPN New York because now they won't be on FM or do they do a deal with one of the other FM stations uh, for their fans if they want to be on FM the Knicks and Rangers, I'm told, are going to stay um, as a daily programming. It's harder to find stations that want to put you on if it's not a sports station uh, every day, uh, which is basically how it works You know, during the winter months with hockey and basketball. Uh, but for us in New York, this war that we've seen, ratings, Nielsen, uh, it's coming to an end. This is our final year, I think.
1: I know that's a very New York story. Is this part of a, a larger trend with the sports talk radio?
0: Yeah, I think it depends. I mean, I think you've seen it with ESPN radio. We've talked about, you know, they've sort of de-emphasized radio. They'll tell you no. I mean, but they've kind of emphasized more audio with podcasts. Um, And you just see like what they did with the morning show. Um, They had a very expensive morning show with Keyshawn Johnson, Max Kellerman and Jay Williams. Now, you know, if you look at their shows overall, they're not paying as much and not spending as much, um, you know, still trying to put out good programming, just not as big name, um, stars in there, you know, some are, but not all, you know, if you started today and you talk about the best way to distribute content, the internet beats everything, you know, you and I can just put out a podcast on our own and we don't really need anybody else. It helps to have the New York Post and Sports Business Journal behind us, of course, because they're big platforms and, you know, there's a lot of support with that. That said, in terms of distributing it, we can do it ourselves. And with YouTube, people can distribute themselves. So if you're paying basically um, $12.5 million for distribution in a local area when you there's another method that you could do that's not free but close to free, it's much less than $12.5 million, like maybe $12 million less to distribute those other ways, maybe even more, uh, maybe even less so. You can see where the difference is going. So yeah, it is a trend for sure. We're seeing it all over because of the digital distribution methods that people can use that compete not only with these places, but um, also offer alternatives for them to move to. Now, WFAN's not going anywhere though. So in New York, I think you're going to hear FAN uh, on its FM and AM signals for a long, long time.
1: Well, Andrew, we are through week two of the NFL season, some of the storylines that, that we said before the season started that we were going to look for. One of the, one of the main ones was uh, about YouTube and, uh, and uh, how it's been going. Uh, you've been watching Sunday ticket, right? I have, I have. What are your impressions?
0: Well, I think it's one of the biggest stories of this season so far. I think the ratings being, you know, bonkers is probably uh, number one so far. Um, but I'd say, I think YouTube's been excellent. Like, I don't think, I think like they've passed the Amazon test so far and that means that it's on and there haven't been a lot of reports of problems. Yes. Where there, there's some issues. Would you like the multi view, which I didn't watch the first week I watched this week cause I was home. So I could put it on the smart TV. It's excellent. Um, that's a great feature. You can watch four games at once. Um, you know, it would be good if you could pick the exact games you want, but there's a lot of choices uh, that you have. Uh, the one negative for YouTube, I'd say, is that, you know, it's not as easy as like when you had direct TV to have your main game on. So let's say the Jets are playing the Bills on my local CBS. Now it's a little bit, now I just go two TVs in this circumstance for me, but if you only have one TV going, um, it's harder to switch. From YouTube TV to the CBS game because it's not on the same um, platform as it was before. You know, you're just on direct TV. You just turn a channel when you want. Now it's a little more arduous. So that's the one negative because you don't have with YouTube. It blacks out your local game, Um, just like it did with Sunday Ticket. But you just easily turn to the CBS uh, station. So that's the one negative. But overall, it's working. Uh, It can reach more people. And I think it's been a positive so far.
1: I'm not ready to call it a positive. I know I haven't seen any uh, com- uh as many complaints on social media as I was expecting to see, but I am still laser focused in, in terms of looking to see what the subscriber numbers are coming coming out of YouTube. YouTube is charging everybody for Sunday ticket. Uh Direct TV, they used to give it away to 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 subscribers. So it's there there's much more of a um a price point that That's uh, attached to it. And then also, frankly, having the NFL um, take their NFL red zone uh, direct to consumer through the NFL Plus app has to, in my mind, has to depress um, uh, the number of subscribers that are going to sign up for, for a full-fledged Sunday ticket service via YouTube. I haven't gotten any kind of a uh, look yet. To see what the subscriber numbers are typically with the NFL I'm always so surprised on the on the uh, the popular end so so I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with with numbers uh, that 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 would blow me away but until I see what those numbers are I really kind of hesitate to uh, to say whether or not it uh, uh, YouTube it's technically it's working visually it's great uh but it, it, is it a is it a bona fide business where DirecTV is losing all this money paying less than uh than than, than YouTube is. So that's uh, that's the main point for me.
0: And NFL, the NFL is trying to really grow its NFL Plus product. I mean, they're putting the Red Zone on there, um which is, you know, along with NFL Network, those are um you know, we talked about the changing business in radio. I mean, that's they're trying to go direct to consumer with, you know, a top product. Um which, you know, you you've talked about watching Red Zone as opposed to, you know, watching the games. Um and so you know, that's what the NFL does. though. I mean, you know, they they just they just sell something and then they say, OK, you know what? We're actually going to sell it again. We just we, we have like they put little clauses in and they have such power that they're able to do it and they're smart, but um, they're also very aggressive. All right. Let's look at some other things. I mean, overall, you know, the NFL ratings are just like you get a new email from CBS, NBC, ESPN, Amazon, Fox, every five seconds. And they're all positive, all high ratings. Um, so we have to acknowledge that. But one stuck out last week, um, I thought among you know others, and that was Amazon's number for the first week. Do you agree with that? I got.
1: I'm not sure if I should shout this out, but I got a text from Alana Russo, who does okay. PR for for Amazon, telling me how excited she was to hear the podcast this week about the weak TNF package that nobody watches. So here's here's the shout-out. Uh, so a little sarcasm in that, just to be clear. A, a lot of sarcasm. A lot of sarcasm. Yes, yes.
0: And sarcasm is like a second language to me.
1: So for their first game of the season, Vikings-Eagles game, they had an uh, average viewer of 15 million viewers watching that. That's a significant number. And once again, like I don't want to get too uh, caught up in what the actual numbers are for, for Amazon. Uh, to me... They are proving to the NFL and to other leagues that a streaming service can handle a significant number of of, of viewers to come in to watch a game. They they can handle these big games. There was a a uh, before last year. There was a real fear that if they got anything over like 10 million viewers, they're going to be lags. They're going to be delays uh again like there didn't seem to be any of those around the uh, the Vikings Eagles game that they had on, on Thursday night football that 15 million viewers they call it the most streamed NFL game on record i believe that's true i know there are some uh, some of the uh, uh the the local tv affiliates in in minnesota and philadelphia had it as well i don't know how many watched on that but it it's a significant number and don't get caught up in the number andrew because it is just about Amazon being able to handle a mass audience. And if you're Adam Silver and the NBA and you're looking at Amazon or Apple for that matter, it's like, you know, streaming is, it's getting better and better and better.
0: Yeah. That's a topic later that we're going to hit about um, some of these deals, you know, with WWE, NASCAR and the NBA. Uh, So I'm going to look into that. All right. A couple more uh, NFL things for me from last week, Adam Amin. Um excellent on the Giants game. I mean Amin, someone ESPN should not have let go. Uh he should probably be doing that uh second Monday night game, him or Benetti, but uh Amin was excellent on the Giant game. And then last week on radio, the uh McCourty brothers were on together with Ian Eagle Eagles the play by player. Uh excellent. I mean the McCordys, I know I've been like hitting on the McCordys. Um, a lot, but I really do think uh, those are two guys. They just kind of they're very natural in terms of knowing how to get in and get out. Um, quick learners. I talked to Howie Denneroff for the big story I did before the season. Howie Denneroff, who is pretty legendary in radio as an executive producer for Westwood One. Uh, you know, he talked about them being able to learn quickly and the way that they go about their business. So I was impressed. Listened to a good quarter of that uh, between also listening to uh al michaels and kirk herbstreet uh people got a little bit on al for calling it Veterans stadium um (laughs) instead of lincoln financials they come out of the gate with uh herbstreet and michaels amazon's also did a good job with their pregame show i think i mean that show is it's a pretty good show um with carissa thompson etc you know they've done a pretty good job so those are just a couple of things that have caught my attention a couple of first weeks in terms of broadcast wise.
1: I want to point out uh, two things. One is we had it in the opening, Ian Eagle's clip, uh, Travis Kelsey rumored to be dating uh, Taylor Swift and Ian Eagle is able, he takes the game seriously. He's a very serious play-by-play announcer, but he's able to sprinkle like some of those like fun little clips in as they happen, which uh, just enables you to watch it have fun and still know what's going on. I know everybody gives him a ton of credit as being one of the best, he is one of the best, but I, 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 wanted to point that out.
0: Yeah. I think also he doesn't force it. That's I think one of the big things, like if you listen to that call, it wasn't forced, right. It was within the call. Um, so I thought, I think that's what he does. Well, it's very kind of in a relaxed way and not everyone's going to get it, uh, which is what makes those type of things. Good. If everyone gets it, it's probably corny. Um, and so, if, you know, if it's uh, only some people kind of get it and that gets pointed out. And then of course social media goes crazy. Even TMZ sports picked it up. that's that's when it's big and that's when you when you've gone and you've got to go into the uh um other realm in terms of going past sports all right let's go to topic two max sports plan is a story you had a couple others as well um in terms of where max sports is going um you know for those not familiar you know max sports has turner sports under it so tbs tnt true tv uh, has a little bit uh let Maybe us know. We'll give you a rundown. Absolutely. Yeah, give us a rundown. Yeah, of what we should know in terms of this new deal.
1: Okay, so Max, uh, which uh, the former HBO Max on October 5th is going to launch a sports tier. The sports tier, interestingly enough, is going to be uh, named after Bleacher Report, which uh, of course uh, Warner Brothers Discovery Sports also owns. It's called the Bleacher Report Sports Add-on Package. And so you have to be a subscriber to Max in order to get this package. And essentially, any sporting event that you see on TBS or TNT, you're now going to be able to see on Max on this tier. The tier is going to be free for uh, going up until February 29th. After February 29th, it's going to be an additional $10 per month. And so, so this is a way for Turner to uh, To start to get people that have escaped the cable bundle, and and so if, if you're a cord cutter, if you're a cord never, you know you subscribe to Max, and for an extra ten dollars, you'll be able to see every single Major League Baseball playoff game, every NBA game that's produced on uh, for TNT or TBS, you'll be able to see uh, inside the the NBA the studio show as well, and so it's basically every part of their uh, sports package. Is going to be on this this Bleacher Report branded tier, and and they'll they'll be charging ten dollars per uh, per month for it. The question is, how will distributors uh, re- respond to this? Because di- distributors are tired of paying this money for all of these channels. They pay they they pay a lot of money to carry TNT, and now all of a sudden they're allowing TNT to to seep outside the cable bundle and making it easier for people to cut the cord. What Turner will say, or what Warner Brothers Discovery will say, is everything on that tier, and it's an added-on tier, and it's a it's a relatively expensive tier. Uh, if you add in what what you charge uh, for Max as well, there's nothing exclusive on that. Everything mm-hmm. is is available within the cable bundle as well, and so the people that you have in the cable bundle will still be able to watch it that way.
0: Okay, so if I have cable, I don't. This doesn't affect me. I can go to Max and I'd be able to watch turner and sports and all that other stuff i just get more stuff on max
1: if you have nbc and you want to see a playoff game you've got to subscribe to peacock it's exclusive to peacock uh the same thing with the espn plus is going to have a regular season nfl game as well that's exclusive to that what turner says is nothing is going to be exclusive to this sports tier it's going to be everything that's already on the uh traditional cable channels
0: Okay, so this is at, so this is just people who don't have cable. Basically, they're trying to get it. Here's like, and here's an offering. Now they could piss off the cable companies, uh, but beyond that, it's just, it's probably not at least a start. It's not a huge business. It's just like some people who don't have it. Would you agree? And, they'll, and
1: they'll get to see. And also, I, I mean, conceivably, you could be a cable subscriber that travels a lot and and wants to wants to to to, uh, to stream those games.
0: Well, no, but you'd be able to do it through if you just authenticate.
1: If you authenticate, you can do do it that way as well. This, this, this is trying to attack the people that are already outside the bundle.
0: Okay, and last thing I have in this, it's, it's called the Bleacher Report
1: add-on package? The Bleacher Report sports add-on package. Uh, they That's not going, a good name.
0: I have a package for you.
1: <laughs> okay, I couldn't say
0: w, WBD sports forever. Warner Brothers Discovery Sports. Bleacher Report Sports Add On Package.
1: I don't think uh, Louis Silberwasser, who heads up uh, WBD Sports, would say this, but I think he would allude to "You're showing your age, Andrew." People, uh, people know what Bleacher Report is. It's like no, I didn't say
0: that. No, 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 one no, 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 nothing against Bleacher Report. I would just call it Bleacher Report Sports.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, I do think but it makes make sense. They, bleachers... they they want to make it clear though. You can't just buy this package. Like you can't say like, "Oh, okay, I'm, i You you have to buy Max.
0: But if Bleacher Report Sports is just copying what's already on uh, Turner Sports, I think that's actually on brand because they are great at copying other people's materials. <laughs> that's how they were created, and that's what they're Bruce very Mason, good at. Chris Mason, we
1: need a rim shot on that one. That was a that was that was not bad. I think that,
0: that's on brand. All right, so all right, good for them. Uh, we'll see how that goes. All right, let's hit a couple other things we have on here. ABC
1: Monday Night Football. Yeah, I want to hit on that because that that okay. that hits on the, the same thing here. Uh, uh, ABC announced on monday that that they were basically going to simulcast every single monday night football game uh and and part and the main reason that they're doing it a one-year deal the main reason that they're doing it is because the uh, writers strike is going on and they have a dearth of programming to fill prime time and so this is a way in the fall that they can have highly rated programming on abc uh it, it of course will stay on on espn uh, you know, it didn't take long for for me to uh, call and get a couple of uh, cable and satellite distributors who were furious with this idea. That uh, they're they're saying that you know we're paying good money for ESPN, and all of a sudden because they because uh, uh, Disney can't doesn't want to pay the uh, the actors and, and and writers, all of a sudden like they're allowing this to seep outside of the bundle, and you can get this with a digital antenna. Um, it's a similar concept to what's happening with max, but at least with ABC's uh, plan, it really does stay within the bundle. We had a talk last, last pod about how you get a digital antenna and hook it up. And I don't think it's that hard. I think either of us could follow, uh, could figure it out, but we would have to research it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not totally intuitive right now. Going to ABC is basically keeping the, the viewer in the bundle if you're pushing people over to 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 max and to stream and you can stream all these games without being, you know, outside of the bundle, uh that's something that really really irritates the cable and satellite operators.
0: All right, and we're seeing outside the bundle in New York here, MSG, uh has MSG plus. Um interesting about their pricing, um in terms of you can buy single games for 9.99 and then uh for The full monthly package is nearly $30. Um, So you get all the games. Um, Again, they're leaking outside of the bundle. They're doing it at a very high price point, which in theory might keep people within the bundle. I mean, because again, you start adding all these things on. uh, You got a Bleacher Report add-on for $10. Um, You got (laughs) $30 uh, for MSG. Yes is like $25. One day we'll get ESPN, the whole enchilada. I mean, you just start going up. You want to watch all your sports, it's gonna be hundreds of dollars where you could just get cable, maybe, and it's all in one spot.
1: Two things about this MSG deal that, that interests me. There it's it's the first time that you're gonna be able to buy per game if that's how you wanna see it. Like, like if there happens to be a, you know, a, a Knicks game on a on a Friday night that you want to see, you know, you can pay 10 bucks and, and watch that game. Uh secondly, you know we we got an email Andrew from a devoted listener Ed Heaton who wanted to uh, us to talk about uh the carriage battle between MSG Network and Comcast in the New York area that's preventing him a Devils fan from seeing those games. Well, uh, sports sort of seeping outside the bundle a little bit. This is a way for Ed Heaton to see Devils games. He can get he can get it streamed for a cost. So it's outside of the bundle. Um, if you talk to MSG, they're going to tell you that, you know, that they used to own cable, uh, systems, uh, the, through, through cable vision, of course, they, they priced it relatively high in order to, to work with the distributors to, to, to maintain a part of it. It's still seeping outside of the bundle. Distributors still don't love it, but it's, uh, it's sort of where things are headed.
0: Yeah, Jim Nolan, who, uh, like a lot of us who cover New York sports, uh, you know, criticized because um, there's a lot to criticize, but a lot of credit to him for getting out of cable when he did um, for really a lot of money. Um, and so uh, I can't remember, I think obviously billions and billions uh, when he sold uh cable vision. So that was uh, a smart deal by him. All right, let's move to college football and the Dion Sanders effect. You had a as your who's up George Klyakov, uh, the. Uh, commissioner of the Pac 12, who's had a very tough run here with the TV deals and the Pac 12 down to the Pac 2. He did say one thing. He did, at one point, he said that Dion would help their TV deal. Well, it would have. You know, if Dion Sanders had come a year ago, maybe the Pac 12 is more attractive to ESPN, Fox, etc., cetera, Apple, um, because these ratings are unbelievable. Uh, getting around 10 million people to watch these games at 10 o'clock at night. And Uh, It's the Dion effect. Uh, So I'm kind of a little bit tongue in cheek, but Dion Sanders has had an unbelievable impact on college football. And as we've talked about for months and months and maybe, you know, for more than a year, how TV is the thing that is behind all this movement in terms of realignment, et cetera, uh, in college football. And Dion has been a one man show.
1: Fox front-loaded its schedule with Colorado games because they they recognize that Deion Sanders is a media star and and, and is a, a reliable ratings getter. And they wanted to get him before Colorado started the season one and two or zero oh and three. Uh, as it turns out, Colorado is is three and zero, oh, and the uh, the questions now that are being asked in the uh, TV offices is what happens if. You know he loses a couple in a row, and and they're not overly competitive. Um, I think w- what I'm hearing from uh, from TV network executives is like it doesn't matter anymore. People are tuning into this uh, th- th- this force of nature and Deion Sanders and this this story around uh, the, the the team of Colorado. And I've seen like uh, comparisons to you know Miami back back in the day with uh, Jimmy Johnson and how they just sort of became this cultural. Um, uh, just a team that, that de- sort of defined the culture of the moment. It's something that I know I'm getting a, a lot of people that, that that on my Twitter feed that love hearing about Colorado, a lot of people that hate hearing about Colorado. But what the, the, uh, everybody should know is that they're going to hear a lot about Colorado moving forward, regardless of what happens on the field.
0: A little sports trivia. John, who was the coach before Jimmy Johnson at the University of Miami that really started everything off uh that turned them into a dynasty Howard Schellenberger
1: <laughs> how do you yeah, pronounce there his you name go. there all right. you go. got it. it with a big mustache
0: yeah that wasn't playing Howard Schellenberger all right good I feel like did he coach he didn't coach he... Maryland before that did he no he
1: didn't coach Maryland uh but did he take them to the oh, orange Louisville. ball
0: then he took Louisville. He took over Louisville later. Anyway, yeah. Howard Schnellenberger really started it off and then Jimmy Johnson took it to another level and then they became a dynasty uh, for a long time. All right, let's move to our next topic. Rights deals. Um, you know, we've had a huge run on rights deals and there's more to come. Uh, NBA, uh, NASCAR, uh, WWE and UFC now right after. Um, their big deal with WME, Endeavor. Let's start with the NBA. Nick Khan, the CEO of WWE, uh, who was formerly a big-time agent. I've called it, he was like the Scott Boris of sports media agents. Uh, now heading up WWE, he was on with Bill Simmons. Uh, and Khan likes to sometimes go... Uh, and talk about the rest of the media. I think he he wants to be a sports media reporter, but, you know, he can keep working at it. Maybe one day (laughs) he could attain such a lofty position. But he mentioned NBC and Turner um, possibly teaming up on the NBA. Makes
1: some sense. What do you think? You know, we had Nick Khan as the big get here on on this pod. And if you go back and listen to that interview, he did uh, preview or predict A lot of what was what ended up happening in in the business so when when i i hadn't heard that turner and and nbc possibly could be getting together but if if nikon floated that uh it's something that that got my radar up and it, it could make a lot of sense because turner does not have that broadcast uh outlet and that's that's something that big leagues like the nfl like the nba prioritize nbc they of course they they do have the broadcast outlet, so you can see them uh, sort of working there on that. Um, here's the thing about the rights, and, and what we're going to talk about for for the next little bit. It's not the bubble bursting, but networks are 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 getting less revenue coming in from cable and satellite operators. There's cord cutting. The business is distressed. These deep pocketed digital companies aren't coming in to take gigantic packages, or and and they're not coming in. With, with tons of money for these packages as well. And the market for small to medium-sized leagues and conferences could be drying up. If you take a look at what happened to MLS, had to go to Apple, you take a look what happened to the Pac-12 uh, as well. The NBA, they're fine so long as they get one more bidder than all the packages that they have. And we know that Igar wants it. We know that um, that David Zaslav wants it. Uh, NBC still talks about wanting to be a part of it. We know that Amazon wants it. We suspect that Apple wants it as well. So there's there's plenty of activity around the NBA. The NBA is, is sitting pretty.
0: The more I think about it, I do think the NBA is going to want two broadcast networks. I think they see the NFL and what, you know, being on broadcast. You know means to them, and they they're on broadcast with ABC, but I do think they want that broader distribution. They're going to have digital players to prepare for the future. But I do think if you look at the what the NFL did, the NBA, um, you know, in terms of the TV sport, isn't you know the NFL, but it is probably second in you know, and if you want to count college football, that might be second, but um, and and you know, domestically. But when you look at it, I do think that game plan works. Get your foot. In your toes into uh, the digital players, Amazon or Apple, if not both, um, and then um, continue with ESPN and possibly NBC and, and Warner Brothers Discovery and grow there. Uh, so I do think that kind of makes sense. And could there be some partnerships? It does get complicated though when you try to partner up um, and you could do deals separately. I don't know to me why you would necessarily need to partner up. Like, why couldn't they just be separate? I mean, I guess there's some production cost and, and that maybe helps it out a little bit, but I don't know. If necessarily, I don't know why you have to necessarily need to be a combined bid. I think it gets a little bit complicated when you do that. Which it's been done before, but I don't think the leagues necessarily like it.
1: Yeah, it's been done before, and I think some leagues like it. I, I you take a look at Turner with with CBS is is a, is a perfect example of that on the NCAA tournament, and they that's able had to, some
0: rough uh, stretches, like where the it's hard for them to get on the well, same. It board. had rough
1: st- stretches at the beginning, certainly yeah. uh, get, get, getting through that. So it's it's not it's not super easy to get through, and you also have. Business strategies and egos and everything on either side, and so it, it's tough to get people to 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 move forward as one entity. But there there is some history of that happening, so I I, I uh, don't dismiss it out of hand.
0: All right, NASCAR. You have an update on NASCAR. What what are you hearing?
1: Uh, my update is no no real update. It's just going slow. I mean, when I talk about the 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 market sort of you know stepping back a little bit. Um, uh still, Fox and, and NBC still want it. There doesn't appear to be a ton of acti- activity from anybody else to try to take those away. It's those mid-season races uh, where Amazon kind of wants it. Turner has been talking about possibly getting those back as well. Um, what I think NASCAR is trying to do is they're trying to, again, trying to get the bidders up and try, trying to get them to compete with each other to get that, that number up, the price up. Uh, and right now it's, you know, it's just going a lot slower than uh, than I had anticipated at the beginning of the summer when it, it, they sort of got Fox and NBC to say yes right away. And it's, it's this sort of smaller streamed or, uh, or, or a mid-season package. It seems to be a, a little bit of a holdup.
0: All right. And let's finish up with UFC uh, and WWE now under the uh, Endeavor umbrella. Um, What, what do you like? So obviously WWE is sports entertainment, you know, it's not, you know, there's not competition there. It's um, very athletic and very physical and, um, but it's, the results are um, pre-planned. And then UFC is, you know, become under Dana White, you know, a huge thing, probably I'd say bigger than boxing at this point. Um, With that, with those two entities together, do you think that they... Maybe combine their rights? Like, how do you look at that in terms of how they go about their businesses and how they interwine? Or do they, you know, Nick Kahn's talked about it, um, you know, WME with Ari Emanuel and uh, Mark Shapiro, they have a lot of specialties in terms of understanding businesses that uh, khan talked about it would take years and years that for them to duplicate. And that's why one of the reasons besides the money that the deal makes so much sense uh, for them. So how, how do you see that going forward?
1: You know, I asked uh, Nick Khan that question. I did a story on TKO, which is sort of the merge of, uh, of the Endeavor WWE and, and the UFC and uh, WWE and they debuted on uh, the New York stock exchange uh, earlier this week. And I asked Nick about the, the media rights and it sounds like, at least for the first first go round, they're going to stay separate, and uh, and UFC is going to go its its way, uh, and the UFC is you know a, a main driver for ESPN plus, and it's a main driver for subscribers at ESPN plus. The question is, when ESPN eventually launches its direct to consumer ESPN, is there still going to be an ESPN plus, or does that get folded into to right. to, to ESPN? ESPN uh, wants it for the subscribers. UFC is very happy with ESPN. And w- one thing that Nick talked about is, uh, you know, trying to uh, to gin up the uh, a competition between Comcast and Disney. And he pointed to, you know, the Fox cable networks that ended up going to Disney and Comcast came in and drove up the price. And he talked about Sky, which uh, over in England, which Comcast bought and Disney came in and tried to get the price up. And he thinks that if he can get both those entities interested in WWE, then that's, that's something that could help uh, drive up the price. And he sounded relatively confident about that.
0: Now we're always here to help. If ESPN does keep ESPN plus and they need a new name for it, I have uh ESPN plus add-on package. <laughs> Is that a good name? I think they could use that. If, uh, they can get permission from WBD.
1: The high roller factors.
0: It's what you guys ordered. All right, let's move up. Topic five. We're gonna finish up here. Uh USFL XFL merger. Axios uh, had the story. US <laughs> USFL XFL merger. It uh, sounds like that's gonna happen. What says you about that?
1: Yeah, the 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 report is accurate as you would expect from Axios. I'm not sure exactly when it's going to close. Axios's report. Had a closing by the end of this week, possibly uh, that soon. I'm not sure, you know, once you get down to brass tacks, sometimes it takes a a little bit longer. I'm not sure when that happens, but it's something that I think makes a lot of sense. I don't know if a spring football league makes sense and and, or makes uh, makes money in terms of the league, but I do know that it is a terrific television product and that when the USFL had it on its own, it got, you know, respectable uh, viewership numbers, you know, right around a million. And when the XFL right before COVID uh, closed the league, it was getting respectable uh, TV numbers. With them both going head to head against each other, or or sort of trying to divide the spring, all of a sudden the, the viewership really kind of uh, it was depressed a lot. So to have them combine forces uh, makes a lot of sense from a, a TV programming standpoint.
0: Yeah, and I think if you look at the entities involved. You have Fox, you got ESPN, you have ABC, possibly still NBC, The Rock. Um, That is, you know, a formula for winning. Like, I, you know, again, the quality of the play is um, important. But with gambling, you know, sports gambling has taken off. It hasn't, you know, there's some states that um, have not um, approved it yet. So it's been a little bit maybe slower. But I do think that there are people who are going to, as betting becomes even bigger and bigger uh it just becomes another thing to bet on um and i just think there's probably some wins uh you know for them in terms of viewership and probably some tie-ins with gambling companies uh as you go forward and you also would have to think if they're not competing for players and they're in the same pool even if there's the same amount of teams the quality of play could be better um and i i also think like with the rock and like like there's the thing about these things i kind of talk about those women's sports as well you know, you have to present the stories well, right? And like, if you like WWE, with you know, obviously it's scripted, but like they create stars, and that's harder to do. Um, when it's not when the the outcomes aren't determined, but
1: look at Colorado and Dion, that's exactly, yeah, exactly what you're talking about exactly.
0: So, can the XFL, uh, USFL merger can they create stars? Um, or do they go to the college game and get that second tier? you know, player, the player, the NFL overlooks like a Tim Tebow, if he were coming out now, you know, could a Tebow, if he couldn't catch on, could he end up in the XFL, USFL situation, trying to prove he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, so I do think they have some chances for some compelling storylines uh, in that spring. All right. Last topic um you know everyone likes the bloopers but we'll get to those but bloopers john wants basically he wants to bore everyone with uh, stuff about the orioles hey
1: we haven't had call of the week in a while have we we have not andrew let let me set the table for you it's sunday afternoon there are two outs in the ninth inning and the orioles are down to the Rays by one adley rushman had hit an eighth inning home run they're now down by one two outs Two strikes on uh, the batter, Adam Frazier. We had the speedy Jorge Mateo on first. Kevin Brown is back on the mic. Take it, Kevin. Mateo's going. And a pitch is fair. Fair ball inside the bag. Here we go. Here it comes. Mateo on third. He is going to score. This game is tied. Adam Frazier comes through. Come on now, Frazier. You thought for a second, if Mateo could get in motion and somehow Frazier get a ball down the line or in the gap, there was a chance. I've listened to that probably 50 times, listening to Ben McDonald come in with a, here we go. I, you you hate when analysts step over uh, uh, the, the the announcers, but that worked in every, every, every respect, Andrew.
0: Well, John, congratulations to you. Hang on, I'm not
1: done yet. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> You're goodness. trying to get me done. Andrew, the very next day, you this can like, the, you can uh favor, want to thank Chris Mason, ACY. The, the Orioles are in Houston. They're in Houston, and they're down two in the ninth inning. Two on, one out. Cedric Mullins comes in. He does this. Kevin Brown, take it over. Mullins drives it. High and deep, right field. Cedric Mullins has done it again. Do you believe this? A ninth inning. Three-run demolition from Cedric Mullins. And the Orioles have the lead again. Holy smokes. Well, that's exactly what he did, it Kevin. He smoked it. That's got to be it. All right, Andrew, I have five more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you very turn it off. <laughs> there you go. And they're listening to Jimmy Trana and Richard Deitch's podcast at this point. <laughs>
1: All right, that it for everybody for listening. Uh, Chris Mason, master of the board. Uh, AC Wyatt is in uh, Saint Louis today, so he he actually wasn't in the office. But uh, uh, if you can uh, like uh, review uh, on um, whatever podcast, actually actually, I guess it's only Apple where you can do that. But uh, uh, always good to talk to you, Andrew. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks, John. Congrats on the O's. Axios is it Axios or Axios Ax- axios. axios tomato uh, tomato I don't know about that I was thinking about that I was saying it Axios or Axios definitely Axios
1: based here in DC it's Axios Axios right.
0: Axios I've always said Axios All right. well
1: anyways that's gotta be it alright Andrew I have five more Mullins <laughs> the center field it should do it Margot going back it does not matter Adley Rutschman will score and the Orioles who
0: clinched a postseason berth just a few minutes ago. Seal their fate with a walk-off win. A clincher, a walk-off. Control of the
1: American League East. Now that's not bad for a Sunday. <laughs>